ever-living God, ruler of all things in heaven and earth, hear our prayers for this church family. Strengthen the faithful, arouse the careless, and restore the penitent. Grant us all things necessary for our common life and bring us all to be of one heart and mind within our holy church. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. And now Pastor Michael's going to come up. Thank you for this uh, beautiful morning so far. Lord, we just thank you for uh, just what you're doing. Thank you for your spirit, your kindness, and your goodness. And Lord, we love you. Thank you. Thank you for this season. Thank you for the goodness, the difficulties, the frustration, and just everything in between. You're working through it all. Lord, we love you and honor you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. You may be seated. And as you're seated, just uh, turn with me to Judges chapter 3. And uh, I just I want to be pastoral with you this morning. It's been a couple of weeks since I've been able to share. I'm not going to take long because I know we have a members meeting today. Um, so I, I, I just want to kind of speak to you uh, from my heart. I just want to encourage you because uh, I know that people are going through a lot of, a lot of different things. And um, just to... I think mostly talk to you from a standpoint of what I think God's doing in this season as a church. And it's, it's a beautiful season. It's a difficult season. Um, and at the same time, um, God's really working through all of it. In Judges chapter 3, um, this passage of Scripture has been really a, a one of, of mine that I've really been fond of over the years. Um, anybody ever been through some scrapes in life? Just... Everybody, anybody ever been in a pickle or anything like that, you know? We all have. Um, and, well, I'll talk about that in just a minute. Let's read the scripture. Judges chapter 3. It, there's a lot going on in the nation of Israel here. The Lord's really dealing with them. Uh, there's the word stubborn being used, depressed, afflicted in Judges chapter 2. And Israel had forgotten the covenant that God had made with them. And any time Israel forgotten the covenant with God, there was always trouble. Anytime that you see a revival, any significant revival in Scripture always started with the Israelites remembering what God had said and then turning their hearts back to it. Every single revival. So every, every time they turned, they got, their heart got away from God, every time they turned their heart back to him, revival came, the Spirit of God fell. And this is a season that's happening. But, but keep in mind, there's a lot of generations that have, have happened during this time period. We read maybe half of a chapter and think it's just a couple of seconds for us. But really, this is, this is uh, years and years. And there was a group of nations that the Lord intentionally left in the land so that these new generations that were growing up would learn how to go to war. And that's going to be significant for us in just a moment. In verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 1, these are the nations the Lord left to test, look at your neighbor and say test, all those Israelites who had not experienced any of the wars in Canaan. He did this only to teach warfare to the descendants of the Israelites who had not previous, or had not had previous battle experience. The five rulers of the Philistines, all the Canaanites, Sidonians, Hivites, living in the uh, Lebanon mountains from Mount Bel-Hermon to Lebo-Hamath. They were left to test the Israelites to see whether they would obey the Lord's commands, which he had given them, their ancestors, through Moses. Then the Israelites lived among the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, 
bunch of ites. You can see it's just all kinds of ites. They took their sons, they took their daughters in marriage and gave their own daughters to their sons and served their gods. So there's, there's a lot of, of mingling here, a lot of cultural issues. But what I want you to see is that God took these, these people and he plopped them down in the middle of all of their enemies and they felt surrounded, just surrounded. If anybody's ever seen uh, the show Band of Brothers, you know, um, I love that show. You, you really, I think that's like a discipleship requirement in our church. Like you have to go through that. You watch it. And there's a scene where they're getting ready to go into the Battle of Bulge. They don't know this. And they're, they're getting cut off. And the, one of the troops looks at the commander of Easy Company and says, hey, when we pull out, you're going to be surrounded. And he goes, we're paratroopers. We're supposed to be surrounded. I like that attitude. I like that attitude. If you really look at Christianity, true, genuine Christianity, Christianity was never supposed to be about easy street. You've heard me say it. We don't serve God because he makes things better. We serve him because he is better. And so I've had a lot of people over the years, they'll come, they'll give their life to Jesus, and they're like, man, I thought everything was supposed to get better. And I always tell them, no, it's actually the opposite. Usually it gets worse before it gets better. It's like, hey, well, thank you for encouraging me. But it's true. And here, here's what I also have learned growing up in church. And you know my faith background. I, I grew up in a very charismatic church, and everything was warfare. Everything was warfare. I mean, if our car blew up uh, because we hadn't changed the oil ever, it was the enemy. You know, if we got a nail in the tire, it was the enemy. Um, and trust me, I believe in spiritual warfare. I, I believe in spiritual warfare. But also, I've come as I've gotten older to believe that God sometimes allows certain things in our lives because he's trying to not teach us a lesson. He's already taught us some things. He's trying to get those things to come out of us. He's trying to help us to, well, the best way of saying it is to grow up. He doesn't want us constantly. I mean, if you look at Paul, his frustration was, guys, listen, I wish I could give you steak, but I can't. I have to keep giving you milk over and over because you're stubborn and you have an attitude and you can't get yourself out of the way. I wish that I could. And as I, I've, I've, you said, well, pastor, I thought you were supposed to be encouraging us this morning. <laughs> I am. I am. I, I, I realize if, if you've ever been bowling, and, and I, I don't, I'm not a big bowler. I, I, I really don't. I just go really just to watch what's happening. If I get a strike, it is seriously a miracle of God. But the last time I went, you know, it was really fascinating because they had these automatic rails that would pop up on the side. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And we had a bunch of kids with us, and they would throw the ball and consistently go in the gutter. And the guy was like, hey, if you want the rails, just do this. And these little rails would pop up on both sides. And what I, what I realized is in looking at that is that that's a lot of what God does in our lives, is that he'll pop up those rails. One of it is warfare, where we get a little too cocky, start to believe in a little bit too much of ourselves. The, the enemy will come in and just kind of remind us of our complete and total dependence on him. And then on the other side, this other rail where God has been doing a lot of incredible things in your life. Guess what happens when you are promoted and things are going really great and you start to experience goodness and kindness? You know what your promotion comes? When, whenever that promotion hits, you're rewarded with pruning. And God starts to prune. 
Why? Because we have a tendency to look at our circumstances and our circumstances define our lives when God is looking at who we are becoming. When he is looking at us as our, his sons and his daughters. And for those of you that are parents, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You want your kids to be mighty men and women of God. You want their marriages to be whole and pure. You want their jobs to, to be good and full of life. You want all of that. And so if you want that for your kids, how much more does he want that for you? And so some of us are going through hard things because God is trying to really get our attention and say, hey, I'm trying to get you to wake up here. I'm trying to get you to stop relying on your own might and your own power. Hey, listen, you've been in church for a long time, and religion isn't going to do it for you. I'm wanting you to have relationship. I've left some things in the land for you so that I can show you how to pray. Obviously, we don't fight battles like they used to back in the day. Our battles are much different. But I, I have put some things in your life so you learn how to pray. One of the things that I, I did a series a couple years ago, most of you guys remember it, and it was redeeming words that culture has used or maybe church words that have been overused and have lost kind of their meaning. And one of the things that you hear a lot right now, especially like if you're in a corporate world or, you know, if you do any kind of like endurance sports or anything like that, you'll hear, you'll hear this word resiliency. You need to be resilient. Well, in the faith world, in the Christian world, that word resiliency just means faith. That whenever you go through certain things, when those enemies are defeated in your life, it puts a faith in you that can never be taken from you ever again. You literally level up. You literally go to a next place. It's why you see these older Christians that just, they have the map of the world on their face. And while everybody's running around and frantically trying to live in their anxiety and all of that other stuff, these people are just like, it's going to be okay. You ever been around someone that's frustrating like that? They're just, they're literally, it's like, don't you understand the circumstance? And they're like, yeah, it's going to be fine. No, you really don't understand because if you understood the circumstance, you'd be freaking out just like me. And they're going, no, there's no sense in freaking out. Freaking out isn't going to get us anywhere closer to it unless you really want to do it and burn off some calories. The truth of the matter is we're going to trust that God's going to get us through that. And here's the thing. What the world needs is not more people that have gone to church and experienced a, a, a worship set or a service or read through a liturgy without it impacting their life. What they need are people that are really be able to say, I don't know how this is going to work out, but I know that God's going to do it. I, I don't understand what he's doing in this, but I want to know. And so whenever I experienced warfare, I've learned as a young man, I either had one chance, or one opportunity. I either sit around and go, God, why are you doing this to me? And be frustrated and fight and all of that kind of stuff. But then I realized that that thing is still going to be there. That, that enemy is still going to be in the land. And the Lord has left some of those things in there for me to be able to go, this is a battle that I have to turn over to him, that I have to walk over and say, God, I'm surrendering this to you. And that's the hard part because some of us don't want to surrender it. We want to keep fighting it. And you're fighting something, and it's beating you up, and you've been doing it for years. And the Lord's saying, hey, turn this thing over. If you turn this thing over, I promise you I'll move in it. I promise you I'll come and I'll, I'll destroy some things. You have to understand something. He wasn't leaving these 
uh, enemies in the land to be mean. He was leaving these enemies in the land so they literally could grow up. So what is God doing in your life right now? And, and there is a third option, and that is your ball sailing right straight down the middle, heading toward a strike. It's not always either side. But what is God doing in your life right now? Is he trying to get your attention and say, hey, it's time to grow up? It's time to move into something new? If you've been having the same conversations over and over again, doing the same things, and it's not working out, God's saying, hey, why don't you try something a little different here? Or is it time to go, hey, God, I really am getting pressed right now. The enemy really is against me. Then that is a time to come together as a church and to pray against whatever the enemy is doing and stand against him and resist him so that he will flee. What I realized, really, and I really do want to, I want to close with this, what I realized that the enemy's job in my life is to distract me. Because guess what? In you, 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 every single last one of you, God has deposited something in you that cannot be taken away by him. He can't take it away. He didn't give it. He doesn't have that kind of authority. We give him that kind of authority, but he doesn't have that kind of authority. So what the enemy does is the enemy comes along and he tries to go, hey, here's a really bad circumstance. Get focused in this for a while. Hey, here's some family drama. Get engaged with this. Hey, here's a hot-button political issue. If you get on Facebook, you're going to change a lot of people's minds. You know what I'm saying? And the Lord is sitting there going, no, hey, over here. Over here. He's the still small voice calling to you. And the enemy's the big loud voice with the cotton candy and the neon sign going, this is it. This is it. And Jesus is going, no. 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 Come here. Come here. Over here, the enemy isn't requiring us to abandon anything and is not requiring us to deny ourselves. Over here, Jesus is saying, hey, the only way that you can come into this is that you're going to have to lay down your devices and the way that you approach these issues and your past and all the things that you think and don't think. Basically, the way we would sing it if we were the worship team was up here, you're going to have to take off your crowns and you're going to have to lay it down. And you're going to have to come to me completely and totally vulnerable. And if you do that, I promise you, all this stuff is going to work itself out. Come unto me, all of you that are heavy, burdened, weary. And so my encouragement to you, friends, is that As our church is growing and God's doing new things, yes, we're going to experience warfare. As you step into new things, the the enemy doesn't care. You You can have the biggest Bible in this room. He doesn't care if you bring that thing in here and hurt people swinging around and all that kind of stuff. We care. But the moment you start going, I'm going to believe this thing. Yeah, he's going to come against you. And some of this stuff is just going to be pure distraction. It's going to be just pure, downright distraction. And some of it, friends, is just going to be straight up just that stinking pride, that flesh that gets in the way every single time. 
God gets ready to do something. And whenever you go, nope, no more, no more. I'm going to follow him, and I, I don't care about left or right. I don't want the guardrails. I don't care about any of that stuff. All I want to do is just be true to what God's called me to do right down that center. And you don't know what happens. You don't know what God's going to do. Let him move. Some of you are wrestling. You think you're wrestling the enemy and you're wrestling the Lord. And some of us just need to go, hey, and I, I say this because I'm in it with you. I say this because I love you. Stop wrestling and give it over to him. Stop fighting what God is doing in your life. If you do, I promise you, you're going to see him move. Go ahead and stand with me. John Michael, buddy, come and help me, big guy. That hair's on point, buddy. looking forward to worshiping with you guys on Wednesday night. Seek first worship. Father, the thing that I really, I really pray this morning, I earnestly pray I pray it over my life I pray for for your church all these enemies that have been left in the land financial situations and marital situations and prodigal sons and daughters a co-worker that's hard to deal with or maybe a family member that's lying against us whatever it may be those are things that you use to deepen our faith in you. A deepening of our trust and dependence upon you. So Father, if anything else this morning, I pray that there would be a perspective shift people. Instead of these circumstances being something that always takes us out of the game 
or in moments of promotion and moments of goodness and moments of favor and fervor, Father. We miss what you're doing because we're distracted. Father, this morning I pray that you would just do something incredibly beautiful in your people's hearts. Lord, as Jesus prayed often, open the minds of your people to see your word, to see what you're doing in and through them, Father. Lord, we just thank you. We just honor you. And we just glorify you. Father, protect these next few moments. Protect these next few, just these next few minutes. Father, we love you and we thank you. And we just ask for your anointing to come. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. I want to ask already started you guys know I always have notes and this morning I just really felt like I wanted to move but you feel like you know I'm on the side of I'm facing some hard things and I know that I've I've got to level up or I'm going through some warfare and I I, I really need some people to stand with me Maybe you get that sense that, you know what, it is time for me to surrender. And let me just say this. You know, even as a, a Christian that's been serving God for a long time, it's easy to pick things back up again. It's easy. Surrender is not a one-time thing. Surrender is constant. It's constant. But you find yourself in that situation where it's time need to surrender. No pressure. You know how we do it here. But you get a sense that those are the things that God wants to do. I want to pray with you. And so I want you just to come. Go ahead and come on down. You can move. I'm going to ask John too, if you will. John, where? John Nichols, buddy, come and, come and pray with us this morning. Or lead us through some songs this morning. Friends, I rarely ever, I'm telling you this morning, if God's tugging on your heart in the least little bit, please don't miss this time. Please don't miss this time. Please come forward. I'm going to give it just a, about 30 more seconds. And then I'm going to release the prayer team to come. Prayer team, if you will, just go ahead and start coming on up. If you're a prayer warrior, we'll just find some people 
just want to encourage you. And when you do, I mean, just pray some faith over them. Just pray some faith. Just pray some faith.